Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, where we discuss the people, technology, and finance behind the world's communications networks. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and today I'm discussing pay TV and the future of online video services with Light Reading senior editor Jeff Baumgartner. Um, in this episode, Jeff walks us through the story of Omniverse One World Television. Um, this is a company that distributes live TV channels from all the major broadcast networks to its distribution partners. These partners um, were uh, a variety of over-the-top streaming providers. I should say are a variety of over-the-top streaming providers. The company's still operating and so are its partners. Um, and it did all of this with no contracts, no credit checks, no long-term obligations on behalf of uh, either the partners or the end users. Um, the catch is that it seemed too good to be true. I mean, this was a cord cutter's dream. All the channels you would normally see on your cable TV service, on any device you could name, but at a fraction of the cost of what uh, cable operators were able to do. So these guys were competing uh, via partners directly with uh, AT&T's uh, DirecTV Now service, or Sling TV, or Google's YouTube TV. Um, and mostly competing on price. They seem to have all the same things you would normally see on your, you know, average direct TV package. So what was the catch? Well, let's talk about that because it it just it just so happens they might have been doing this legally all along. Let's find out. <laughs> After the break, Jeff Baumgartner and the tale of Omniverse One World Television. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Jeff Baumgartner. Thank you, Phil. Good to be here. Thanks for being on. Um, so let's start this conversation, first of all, by going way back to last year. Um, and I'm sure, the, I'm sure the entity known as Omniverse uh, One World, is it called One World? First Omniverse all, One World Television, yeah, is the full name. Right, Omniverse One World Television. So back in, I guess it was late last year, um, you might have mentioned the, comp the company in, a, um, in an article you were writing about uh, Viva Entertainment Group. Did that have anything to do with Omniverse? It did. Um, we, we were trying to piece together some things because Viva Entertainment Group had put in some filing that they were working with Comcast on something. It was very vague. It was like some SEC filing. And I was doing some research on who they were and figured out that, okay, they're offering kind of an over-the-top TV service for a lot of channels, not a big price. And uh, yeah, you know, the service, if you kind of looked at the, the fine print said, you know, it was like powered by Omniverse One World Television. Huh. And, you know, that, that was where it was kind of coming up. And, you know, we were finding Omniverse, uh, you know, it, it didn't take long to figure out that Omniverse was kind of connected to a bunch of these very similar over the top services that were selling, you know, hundreds of channels for, 35 bucks. I mean, it was pretty inexpensive. So, I mean, it yeah. just kind of got our attention. Yeah. 
It did because it, it, it this is a um, a competitive lever in the pay TV market. Um, I mean, I guess before we dig too deep into Omniverse One World uh, Television, let's back up and say, why do these services sound appealing on paper anyway? They're over the top services. They're offering live pay TV channels at prices that were yeah way less than fifty bucks a month. Um, first of all, that's very cheap. Um, second of all, it doesn't lock you into any particular device. It didn't sound like, um, right. Yep. Yeah. You could get it on all sorts of devices, uh, relatively inexpensive compared, you know, for the size of the, the channel lineups you were getting. And, and, uh, you know, I was just talking to some people in the industry who were, were like, wow, you know, I don't understand how they're pulling this off. You know, it, w- it was kind of the message to me, you know, for some others that were in the industry who were also trying to connect the dots on it. Yeah, it, it was, um, uh, pardon me, I'm drinking coffee while I'm talking to you. So, uh, and, and also, uh, for all you podcast listeners, if you're into ASMR or whatever, <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> um, yep. uh, so the, uh, yeah, just in one of the, it really does fall into that category of, is this too good to be true? Um, something that's, it, but, but at the same time, because of the competitive dynamics in pay TV right now with everything going over the top and providers really scrambling to both hold onto their pay TV base. And like we see with direct TV now, also at the same time, provide a service that competes directly with it. Um, you know, another over the top service of live pay TV channels, there's quite a bit of pressure on pay TV operators to, um, both, uh, be on every platform available wherever consumers want it, but also to just hang on to that traditional business, which is really high margin. You know, the kind that involves the set top box in the living room and the channels coming over either the cable, uh, wire or the, uh, satellite downlink. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, I think that that was, uh, you know, that's been a big part of it. And it's like, we're, you know, th- this was kind of like a different class of competitor that, uh, you know, was not, you know, at the level of, uh, uh, you know, direct TV and sling TV and Hulu, you know, all these services that, uh, you know, we all knew about there was, there was kind of this other layer, <laughs> you know, of, of services that were working with Omniverse that, uh, uh, you know, we're out there uh, at a very low price. And, you know, for the life of us for a while, you know, some of my <laughs> sources, we couldn't figure out how they were doing this. And, you know, and number two, is it was what they're doing legal? You know, it was the other question that, you know, we were trying to pursue. All of a sudden, uh, in February 15th of this year, um, you, uh, I'll just read the headline, big programmers and studios bring the hammer down on Omniverse. Uh, what happened there? Yeah. So there's this group, um, called ACE and it's kind of a consortium of, uh, uh, legal expertise, a bunch of lawyers that, uh, are attached to a bunch of major studios and over the top players, uh, you know, just about every big name you can think of. And, you know, they were going after Omniverse over uh, allegations that, you know, they were, what they were doing was violating copyright, you know, because what Mm -hmm. they were saying is they were, they were 
taking these video feeds and uh, redistributing them to these uh, folks downstream, you know, like Viva Live TV and, and Clickia and Skystream. There's, you know, a whole bunch of different services. And, you know, they had already gone after uh, some others like Dragon Box and, and uh, uh, there was another one. And, they, you know, they came out with, with uh, you know, settlements. So, you know, they, yeah, so they just brought the lawsuit up on Omniverse. Right. So they went right for the top. Um, then uh, the next chapter is, is that uh, all of a sudden we find out where we think Omniverse is getting its channels. And that was surprising. Um, where were they getting their channels and, uh, and what did they say about it? Yeah. So what we could figure out it was, you know, and I was working with some other, I mean, uh, some other folks in the industry on this who were kind of helping me out. But um, what we eventually figured out was there was a uh, service outage and this had happened whenever there was like a service outage, we started to see evidence that uh, people who were subscribing to services like Tiki Live, you know, in partnership with Omniverse, if the channel, like instead of, uh, you know, seeing the channel you're supposed to be viewing, you would kind of, you would see a black screen with the DirecTV logo bouncing around, you know, which you would see if, you know, the service, DirecTV service was down or you tried to access a channel that you weren't authorized to access. So, uh -huh. you know, that was a pretty clear indication that, uh, Omniverse and, and, and these other partners, you know, the video was somehow being sourced you know, from DirecTV. So that was, uh, you know, a pretty interesting you know, revelation. So, you know, we kind of put the story out there and we were still trying to figure out how they were doing it. And that eventually got, I uh, got a call from, uh, from Jason DeMeo, who's, who's the head of um, Omniverse. And <laughs> he was, uh, even though the lawsuit was going on, you know, he thought uh, maybe we were close enough that at least warranted a phone call to kind of explain what was going on because he was uh, pretty upset. You know, he's uh, definitely kind of, uh, you know, insulted that, you know, he, he and his company were kind of being cast as pirates because in his interpretation of what was going on, you know, they're doing everything above board, legal and by the book. Yeah, it's it's interesting because suddenly uh, this this the chief executive of Omniverse uh, uh, calls you up while he's being sued. He, he's in the middle of a lawsuit, which you know, right. so, so that's crazy. Um, the second thing is that, that that's interesting about this surprising. Is his uh, yeah, surprising. I should say. <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't deem him crazy yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, he's, he's saying, listen, um, we're doing everything by the book in your story. Um, you quote him as, uh, as saying that, uh, at the end of the day, we're paying everyone what they're due. We're paying our way and our licenses and our bandwidth charges. We've invested millions of dollars in infrastructure. Um, and he and, and in that story, he, you you report that he he's saying that his bandwidth cost alone are uh, north of a hundred thousand dollars a month. 
Um, not, not just because he's, uh, taking in these channels, but he's also distributing them to uh, a bunch of different resellers. Right. And, you know, so he, yeah, he's saying he's paying all the licenses and, and all the programmers are being paid. And then, you know, the missing piece that he provided, you know, we had quite a conversation uh, to kind of get to this revelation, but, you know, he said he had a joint venture with a company called Hovsat, you know, H-O-V-S-A-T, uh-huh. which I'd never, never heard of. And uh, evidently they were kind of a private cable operator that is attached to a uh, uh, a company that is a housing developer and have developments around the country. And, and then he went on to tell me, you know, I was like, well, how does DirecTV kind of fit into all this? Uh, and... What he had told me is that Hovsat has like a 100-year length contract with DirecTV going back to the Hughes days that gives them access to these channels and the ability to distribute them nationally at kind of this bulk rate where you're probably 40 to 60 percent under – uh, you know, what a traditional cable operator might pay. So, uh, yeah, so that was another surprise. I mean, I never heard that one before. Um, I haven't seen the contract, but, uh, yeah, 100 years you know, seems like uh, uh, kind of out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. And I think if they signed it in the early 80s or whatever, you know, um, you know, there was no over-the-top and digital national rights, but um, – you know, their argument or their interpretation of all this is that, um, you know, the fact that they aren't included, you know, doesn't preclude them from right. national digital distribution. So, I mean, that that's that's going to be a, uh, uh, you know, a big uh, center of, you know, what, what's going to happen, I think, with the, uh, you know, the allegations from ACE against these guys is, you know, is that contract you know ironclad like they think it is or you know is it a matter of interpretation uh you know we'll have to find out and then you know, and then jason with omniverse was also telling me that you know some other programmers in the past have tried to hit him up with uh, cease and desist orders and then once they were presented with this contract you know they backed off you know and i tried to corroborate that with discovery and viacom i haven't you know they haven't responded you know to tell me one way or the other about that but uh yeah so i think uh uh, you know how this all shakes out is going to be really uh you know really interesting and and i guess we'll have to see if you know they have to make any sort of concessions or changes but uh you know from what jason's telling me i mean they're gonna they're gonna fight it the I'm, I'm, I have to walk this back because I'm, I'm, I am just not smart enough to hold all this information at one time. Uh, I, I, the, the company Omniverse had a joint venture with Hovsat. Hovsat is a cable operator that provided, we, we assume provided, uh, uh, pay TV services to new housing developments, uh, way back when, and probably still does. Um, that, provider had a contract with DirecTV that it was a hundred year distribution agreement that they had signed who knows when to help them achieve uh, 
uh, uh, the ability to basically uh, distribute pay TV channels at a at a really low rate while they're building uh, building out uh, housing, I guess uh, for for uh, you know for I guess economically disadvantaged communities and stuff like that. Yeah, or you know they they would get a deal where it's kind of like an MDU or apartment contract where you're paying kind of this bulk rate. Ah, right. And okay. you know, you're paying, you're paying for like full occupancy, but I think, you know, the amount that they're, they're paying is, you know, 40, 60% less than, sure. uh, you, you would, you know, if you're buying service direct from direct TV or something, but, uh, so that's pretty common in the MDU world. It's just interesting that they're kind of trying to apply that to, right this national over the top distribution with all these, uh, uh, you know, reselling partners that kind of, you know, act like, uh, I don't know, he kind of likened it to, uh, stores, you know, storefronts that sell, uh, prepaid mobile services is kind of how he, he tried to, uh, explain it. You know, that Uh. was the, that was the, you know, the best way he could, offer in terms of a comparison so so he's saying we don't uh we don't re-license content we simply are a we are simply a distributor and our uh partners the the downline uh these other companies that are being you know sued and dismantled by um uh, larger pay tv operations um those uh those companies are simply um uh, digital front doors to his to the programming that he has the license to distribute. Right, and he was saying they they just kind of operate on a commission. Ah, you know, okay. On a, on a commission basis, yeah. So the uh, the uh, the joint venture between Hovsat and Omniverse is the uh, the entity that that you know quote unquote owns the the customer. Okay, so that that joint venture is the one. That is benefiting from a one hundred year old, or one not a one hundred year old, but a one hundred year contract with Directv. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, so something. it's it's pretty complicated, uh, you know. And, and and what's interesting is, you know, I you know I doubt that when the contract, you know, it's hard to imagine that when the contract was put together, that you know over the top and digital distribution was. Uh, in the thinking anywhere, you right. know, in terms yeah. of what's allowed, you know, you'd assume that the idea is, hey, you know, we're 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 going to have housing developments all over the country. Uh, you know, we need a deal if you know we want to be able to serve video to them, but you know, we can't, uh, you know, do it on all these one-off bases. So, you know, if we're going to be responsible for uh, these developments for you know potentially decades, you know, we need a a contract that locks us in for uh, 100 years. <laughs> so, and again, I haven't seen the contract. Um, it still seems to me, you know, unbelievable, but uh, uh, but maybe my mind would be changed if I actually got to see it. This is, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I say. This is either the mother of all loopholes or it really does put a challenge to the idea that just because uh, a medium hasn't been invented yet doesn't mean it's not covered by by, by a pre pre existing legal arrangement. So uh, yeah, this is definitely something we'll continue to watch. I hope you'll continue to watch it anyway. Um, and uh, 
And thanks for your reporting on this so far. This is a this is a fascinating story, and I just I I just say because this company really did come out of nowhere, suddenly providing this uh, incredibly competitive service, and uh, and now we get to the bottom of what's likely uh, on the horizon for them. Uh, it seems like they've got quite a fight on their hands. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, you know if they're allowed to continue on the way they are, it's it's. Uh, it could cause some, you know, some renegotiations elsewhere, you know, amongst other distributors saying, Hey, you know, why can't we get that deal? Or, you know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it, it could have some other ramifications. So yeah, we'll be definitely be keeping an eye on it and kind of seeing where it shakes out. The, um, uh, CEO of Omniverse or the founder, uh, Jason DeMeo, uh, I found his LinkedIn page. He says he has 20 years of experience in sales, marketing, and business management. Um, he said he is recognized for his high impact and motivational sales and marketing presentations. And he continues to work with brand managers and prominent leaders and is often called upon for C-suite advice. So um, sounds like he's a, a relatively accomplished fellow. His education uh, stems from Real Life University. Uh, so I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, no, it's, it's probably accredited. Or, I'm sure. I'm, or is that I'm, like the, uh, you know, uh, you know, coming from hard knocks or something? Yeah. I, I think know. the school yeah. of hard knocks is right next to real life university. I think they're, I think <laughs> okay. they're actually across yeah. the street from one another. Sometimes they play, uh, intramural scrimmages. It's quite fun. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, this is going to be, ask him about that. this is going to be exciting. Okay. Jeff, uh, the bombinator Baumgartner, Thanks so much for, uh, for being on the podcast. Sure thing. Thanks, Phil. Well, that is it. That's all we've got. That's our show. This podcast is mixed and edited by Tian Fu, senior producer. He's part of our fantastic New York-based light reading video team. You can reach us by emailing editors at lightreading.com or follow Light Reading on Twitter at light underscore reading. For all the articles and research we talked about on the show, please visit lightreading.com and search podcast. The latest article will pop up there. We put all of our show notes in the blog post associated with each episode. The podcast is available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Please leave us a review on iTunes so I can finally convince my mother that she's not the only one listening. We'll be back with another episode real soon. You there with the headphones, thanks so much for listening. Bye.